0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. Welcome in on a Friday morning, a football Friday. Who's ready? It's BYU. It's Louisiana Tech. It's a 23 and a half point spread. But you know what they say? Some football is better than no football. So we'll take it. And it's game night tonight. It's not a Saturday game, it's a Friday game. So this is uh, BYU's chance, the whole college football uh, world watching. BYU had the chance to get to 3-0, chance to light up Louisiana Tech. And we had Skip Holtz on. And we had him on earlier uh, in the week. And he talked about uh, graduating seven guys out of the secondary. And... <laughs> Man, if you're BYU right now, first off, I think every team has to look at BYU's offensive line. All these G5 teams they're playing, these group of five teams, I just can't imagine any of them have a defensive line where they got a couple of NFL defensive linemen, and a couple guys who are kind of fringe NFL linemen, right? And, and BYU are the eight starters, and we know Hodge has the health issues and all that. So, you know, you don't have all your guys, but this is still a wildly talented and experienced BYU offensive line. And so I think for these group of five teams, they got to bring a guy down in the box. They're going to need an extra defender. And now you got a secondary playing man coverage, and you got a grad transfer here and a grad transfer there, and they don't know the system, and you got some young, inexperienced guys starting, and... How does BYU not score 40 or 50 points in this game? I mean, it's hard to say 40, 50, 60, because at some point a team has to take its foot off the gas because you're blowing the other team out. I think Tech's offense is uh, is okay, and I think they're going to score some points. Uh, BYU has only given up 10 points so far, and I would expect the Tech would top that. But if they score three touchdowns, that just means you you got the license to open it up on offense. You don't have to take your foot off the gas. You know, 42-20 in college football is not embarrassing. You go for another touchdown. So, do I think BYU is going to have 500 yards and 50 points in this game? Wouldn't shock me at all. Wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised at all. I don't know if they're going to run it more or throw it more. The more they run it, the more I want to scale that back to 40 points and 400 yards. Right? I don't know what the Tech defense is going to give them. But, if they don't put a guy in a box, an extra guy in a box, I think BYU will run on them. And if they do, I think BYU will throw on them. And if you throw, you can pile up the yards and the points more quickly. But I think BYU's offense is going to have a big night. And I think they're probably going to cover that 23.5-point spread. That, that's pretty big. It might be starting to get too big, but I don't think so. All right. Let's hear from a BYU player. Kavika Fanua, meeting with the media. His thoughts on Louisiana Tech and BYU. Yeah, Kavika, I just wanted to ask you about the, the, the penalties. Uh, just three for, for 20 yards through... Uh, Two games. How much has that has been, been emphasized by the coaches and and how much has
1: that helped you guys? Um off of the penalties? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just uh it's never good to get those penalties, but um the coaches really are on our butt for getting those and I mean they're always emphasizing just uh be be uh, to have perfect plays and get it right for the game. So, um, I mean, they, they, it's never good to get a penalty. we just, um, just getting that right and trying to get uh, um, doing double duty and trying to uh, do better um, in practice so it shows better in the game.
0: Just three through, through two games is extraordinarily good. Um, well, what has led to that? Is it just the experience uh, of the players or, or just the coaches emphasizing it? What's led to that?
1: Um, I think it's really good offseason, allowing us to have a really good uh, s- season this year.
2: Kavika, how much fun is it for you to go old school, high school player and play defense, play offense in the same game? How How much do you enjoy that?
1: Um, I... I I love it. I I play as hard as I can wherever I can be um, and wherever the coaches want me to be. Um, it, it was fun in high school. I mean, it's fu- it's fun in college. I didn't think I would ever, uh, it would happen to me. But I mean, I just uh, play every play like it's, it's, it's last.
2: How did you grade your own performance just as you looked back, both offensively and defensively? Um,
1: I could have done a lot better. Um, even though I did both sides, uh, there's always improvement. And, um, I mean, everybody would, uh, say that too. So at least my mom did too. So. Yeah. Kavika, maybe, maybe just, can you describe that, that moment when the offensive coaches said, Hey, you're in, go in there in
0: the backfield and and get ready to play. What was that, uh, that moment like in the game?
1: Um, it was just like, uh, living in it like it was high school. It's just like, I was like, the coaches just said, are you ready? I said, heck yeah, let's get this done. So uh, it's just an exciting moment for me. And will that continue this week? Are you expecting to play both sides this weekend? Um, yeah, I, I'm making sure I got everything uh, right so I don't mess up in the game. I wanted to ask you just about the injuries to the running backs, which is kind of one of the reasons why you've been pressed into service there. Is that the most brutal position to play as far as opening yourself up to injury um i mean you're a big target uh, for the defense but i mean uh, it, it's a like you said it's it's pretty brutal but our 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 running backs are are prepared for for anything so is there anything you can do to avoid injury is it maybe i've heard talk of of players being able to move their body in certain ways so they don't take direct hits. Is that is that taught to you guys? Um, I mean there's there's better ways to take on a tackle. And yes, we're we're always prepared uh, by our coaches and in those situations and I think our, our coaches do a really good job at doing that.
2: Vega, let's talk defense for a second. One one thing you guys haven't been able to do to this point is create turnovers. And and Kalani said you know he believes that will come. But what's that like? You've gotten your hands on some balls as a defense and had some opportunities maybe, but but haven't been able to to quite get there yet. What's that like for the defense at this point?
1: Um, just time for us. Like Kalani said, uh, it'll come. Um, we just got to be patient and get our. Um be perfect on our uh, our plays to allow us to get those uh, turnovers.
2: And the other thing I was just going to ask was a scouting report, kind of as you get ready for Law Tech this weekend, what what do you see um, as you've prepared for them? Um, they're fast. They like to keep it spread.
1: Uh, they got big linemen, so I think we'll be prepared for them.
3: Kavika, you you've probably heard this, addressed this from – interviews or kids on campus or players or whatnot. But can you kind of um, describe for us what the difference in a short week is like for you guys going from Saturday to Friday? Because it is it from the outside. It maybe doesn't seem like it's a huge difference. One, one fewer day. Um, But coach Arod was telling us like you guys just barely tried to combine two practices and that kind of thing. So obviously like it's a, it's a pretty big deal for you guys. Right.
1: Um, it's not as big as a deal, but it's still like we're missing a day. So we have to prepare like, uh, in one, in one day to prepare for like, it was two days. So, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. And, uh, that's why we're putting these situations sometimes so that we can, uh, adjust and be flexible and, It's just like uh, having less time to prepare for a test. Uh, It's less time to prepare for a game. But, um, and I I, I trust our coaches that they will help us and prepare for this next game.
3: Just to to follow up on that, is there a lot of focus on recovering for this game because of kind of the less time on on just making sure you're getting ready and
2: getting right for next week? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's that's where getting with our trainers, making sure we're getting right in the ice tub, or um, just even rolling out, um, just the little things uh, can be a big thing in uh, getting our bodies right, and it will. And doing those little things will help us uh, be um, less prone to injuries and um, being quick and fast in the game, even though it's a uh, uh, less a week to prepare. There's. Conf- <clears throat> There's Kavika Fanua. When we come back,
0: more on the BYU game coming up. Coming up next, DJ and PK, and we are talking with Brian Keel, the former BYU linebacker, on the way. Stay with us.
4: Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5
0: and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker. You see him on... BYU TV, see him all over the place. You hear him here every week. He's everywhere. He's nonstop. He can't be stopped. Brian joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprinter come together to build the best wireless company to around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Brian, good morning.
3: Good morning. How you doing?
0: Good. Brian, how confident are you of 3-0? and Are you at the point now where, despite the... Uh, Northern Illinois and the New Masses and the Toledos and the South Floridas. That's all old news, and this team is new news. And 3-0 and feels like a high probability to you.
3: Yeah, basically, um, I'm, I'm at the point where, um, based off of what I have seen, um, if they don't win every game on their schedule as it currently resides, um, they have absolutely dropped the ball. So yeah, three and zero. I absolutely expect it. Um, you base and that's and, and that's a gift that they've given us with their the way that they've played. And um, that, that that doesn't mean that they can't lose. Obviously, they can. Um, if they, that doesn't mean that it's a given that they will win. They got to come out. They got to show up. They got to execute, et cetera, et cetera. But what they've shown us so far, um, this is a good team. We, we don't know how good they are cause, because of the opponents, um, and, it, and that's just it is what it is. But this is a good team, and they should win every game that's currently on their schedule.
5: Okay, uh, good team. I think we can agree with that. The question is how good, and that requires some type of forecasting and speculation and all that. In your mind, how good is it?
3: Yeah, so that's, you know, someone asked me that yesterday. Um, and, and and the thing I told them, I said, I, the shame of this season is we finally matched up a, a what appears to be at least a very quality team with what might have been our best schedule ever. Um, and it would have been so fun to see what they could have done against that schedule. And, and you know, there's, in a conversation yesterday, I said, you know, they might have won seven of those games. They might have won eleven of those games, and I honestly don't know. And that's the that's the tragedy of this year. Um, the, the, the the awesome part about this year is they do have games. They are playing. They're playing at an extremely high level, and 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 they have an opportunity to do something that's unique. They can run the table. And yeah, it's it's a weird year. It's got an asterisk next to it. But that being said, they can run the table, with helps our recruiting. They can maybe, you know, depending on how things play out in the college football landscape, they should be able to get into a New York Six Bowl game and then play somebody legitimate. And, and if they do those things, that really helps our recruiting, which helps us be good next year and the year after that and, and helps us build. So they got to take care of, of uh, each game, um, got to take care of La tomorrow and, and in the next week and the next week. But I'm, I'm, I'm really excited and optimistic.
0: So Tom Homo came on our show, and uh, there were a lot of things he wouldn't say, and I know that frustrated some people, but he doesn't hold all the cards and control the the entire script, so it's hard to say anything really definitively uh, because he's counting on other people. But if you read between the lines, it seemed to me he thinks there's a pretty good chance that they're going to play some quality opponents in November and or December. He can't guarantee it now because that stuff can't be guaranteed. But from teams that might need another game out of the American Athletic Conference to get into a New Year's Six Bowl or whatever, maybe there's an opportunity there. There's clearly an opportunity with Boise State. There might be an opportunity with Army. There might be someone who needs a game because their opponent cancels 10 days out, so they might be able to schedule something on the fly. How much of any of that have you heard? How much of that do you think sounds plausible? How much does that excite you? Because that could be a team that's much better than anything that's currently on the schedule.
3: Yeah, so I've heard all of those things and all of those scenarios, and I've hoped you know hoped for all of those scenarios. Um, you hate to see another team lose a game, the opportunity for a game because they have some cases or whatever. Um, but you know what? That's life. Their loss is our opportunity, and. Um, I would absolutely love for BYU to slide in on the fly, as you said, and fill, and be a fill-in game with a P5 opponent. And I, I think um, Tom's got one of the toughest jobs in the country, in, in sports at least right now, and he's done a phenomenal job. And, I mean, he would know obviously better than anybody what, what the outlook of those things are. But I, I, I think just what I know and just knowing Tom the mindset is like, hey, we'll play anybody. And if there's an opportunity, we're going to go take it. And, and I love that mindset. That's the mindset I have, and especially on this year, this weird year. And so, um, you know, you don't, I don't hope that cases flare up or anything like that, but um, I absolutely would love the opportunity, um, however it comes, for us to schedule more games and especially quality games, P5 games, and, and that will be a, a true yardstick for how good this team is. Um, I mean, this could be one of BYU's best teams, you know, in the last decade, or or they could just be a decent team that's just beaten up on less opponents. And we won't know that unless they play somebody legit.
5: So, I remember years ago having a conversation with Lance Reynolds, BYU football coach. I'm sure you know him. Obviously, he was on the staff when you were there, and we're talking about. And I think he was coaching running backs. And he was talking about, uh, he did a lot of different things, but I think it was running backs at the time. He was talking about the guys getting confidence. And that was the very thing about how they had some early season games that were against easier opponents, and they got confidence. And Coach Reynolds was telling me that confidence is such a big deal to the point where if you're not as good as you actually are, are but you think you are better than you are that goes a long way to making you really good the idea being you got to believe that you're really good even if you're not you still got to believe it because that's going to help you to be better than you actually are how much do you buy now as byu they've just pulverized these last two opponents their confidence even if they're not as good as we think they might be or hope they might be whatever the case they think they're really good so that's going to help them when they get out on the field well, that's, so I spoke to a high school team
3: last week, and that was the sum and substance of my message: is that confidence is the number one factor in performance in sports. You have to believe in yourself. That's that's where it starts. You have to have talent. You have to have hard work and execute all those other things. But it starts with belief. And if you don't have it, it's going to be a tough, tough situation. And and so you know, I I just look at my time at BYU. Um, obviously, in '06 and '07, we went 11 and two both years. Um, undefeated in conference, undefeated at home, uh, conference champions, won our bowl games—really, really good teams. Okay, and in 05, O five Broncos' first year, we went six and six, and total—you know—very mediocre season. It was better than what the three losing seasons prior to that, um, but you know, six and six is very mediocre. That football team in O five was very similar in ability to O six and O seven we just didn't know it yet and you know it's kind of interesting as I you know even now just I look back at that season and some of the close games that we lost and you know we we didn't have the confidence that we did in 06 and we did in seven and there was a lot of talent on that team in 05 and we could have been had us we could have had a very similar record Um, and honestly I think a big factor of I think there's two factors of it I think a big factor of it is on defense. We still ran that 3-3-5, which was not really suited for, uh, for BYU for our personnel, and, and that went by the wayside. So that was a big factor. And then the other the other factor was we didn't yet believe in ourselves. Um, so you look at these kids now, and you get these two huge wins, and you start you start to drink that Kool-Aid. You start to believe, and you know some 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 big things can happen. So I'm excited to see, and I hope these kids you know drink the Kool-Aid, get excited and 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 believe the hype and then and then that's the first part of it and then and then go do it. Go do it on the field.
0: So as much as that applies to you, it would also apply to the other team. You know, do they know how good they are? Does an individual player know how good he is. And you go back to that six and six season, you lost the bowl game to Cal. And at the time, I could watch that game, and I was at that game, and I could stand on the sideline and think, that Cal running back's pretty good. But I didn't know he's going to be Marshawn Lynch. I didn't know he's going to go beast mode. And I watched him run for 194 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. Did you know then? Do you think he knew then? Or was that something he was growing and evolving into, and you didn't know it either?
3: Yeah, so they had Lynch, and then they had Deshaun the Jackson, and we couldn't stop either of them. And um, Deshaun Jackson scored a a catch-and-run touchdown right before like 10 seconds left in the half Mm -hmm. where he broke about six tackles, and and we couldn't tackle Marshawn Lynch. And I absolutely knew at the time, like, yeah, those guys are going to be legit at at the next level. Um, I don't think anybody could have predicted that uh, that Lynch would be, you know, as good as he ended up being at the next level, but I absolutely knew he was going to be a monster because we couldn't tackle the guy. Um, and, yeah, and you know, that, that confidence, it goes both ways. And, and it's intimidating for the opponent. And if you look at BYU in their heyday, which we would love to get back to that, um, we would love to have a glimmer of that nowadays and not just be, you know, Uncle Rico living in the past. Um, in BYU's heyday, they had that confidence and they, had, they, they struck fear into the heart of their opponents. And a lot of games were won before they even got on the field. Um, and so, you know, we're nowhere near that right now, but, hey, we can get back there. We, it's it's doable, it's capable, and, and one step at a time, but, yeah, confidence, it, it, it's huge. It, it is absolutely, in my opinion, the, the number one factor in sports.
5: That's interesting. You know, I was covering your team for the Tribune at the time, so I'm at the practices every day talking to the guys and all that stuff, and you say you were good, you just didn't know it yet. And if I remember in that 06 season, you started out 1 and 2. I think it was a lost Arizona by a field goal kicker who is still in the NFL, booted a 49 yep. yarder down there in Tucson, and then the overtime Boston College. So uh, you go, and I thought that the most important game in Bronco Mendenhall's tenure and turning that program around was at TCU. And your old buddy Nixon makes a big tackle for a loss in that game. And I just remember, we don't go in the locker room, but I remember walking up the ramp and the door was open and I could see in there and you guys uh, celebrated and jumped back. It seemed like it was just like, all right, we're, we're good. Uh, when did you know, maybe I'm wrong, when I pinpointed when I thought you guys knew you were good, but when do you think you knew that you were good? Yeah, so you
3: just hit the nail on the head. Um so Arizona, it was, it was actually it was a 52-yard 50, field goal. And, um, yeah, it, it, it stings even still to this day. And, and he's a good kicker. He's still playing in the NFL. Um, but that was a game, you know, we, if we play Arizona later in the year, we, we stop them. Yeah. Um, if we play Boston College later in the year, we beat them. Um, we lost in double overtime to Boston College at their place, and we missed four field goals. In, reg- in, in the fourth quarter in overtime. We missed four field goals. Um, so, I mean, absolutely ha- have an opportunity to win that game. It, and and the, the turning point was the TCU game. They were ranked 14. We were at their place. I don't remember how long it had been since BYU had beat a ranked opponent, but at that stage it had been a long time since BYU had beat a ranked opponent. And um, and we went down there and beat them. And, I, and, and you're absolutely right. It was That was like when we looked at each other, and we're like, man, we're pretty good, <laughs> and and you know we we ended up we didn't lose another game for the rest of the year, and um, and you know it, it, and a, a big part of that is, is confidence. I mean, Boston College. I still remember this. This sticks out to me because it was such a poignant um, comment. Um, and I think I, I feel like I've said this on this show before, but um, we're at Boston College and we we were leading at halftime, and I remember. Coming into the locker room and the, and Bronco yelled at us. He's like, "Quit acting surprised that you're ahead right now," and that like stuck. It still stands out to me. I think about that all the time because cause we were we were surprised. Like and you, you know you as a program we kind of had this mindset that they're that they were better than us and and the fact that at half we were beat, winning we were there were guys on the team kind of surprised and that was that was the, the old mindset that prevailed in 05, and fortunately, we eliminated that mindset, and that's why we had so much success in '06 and 07. And I would love these kids right now to get that killer instinct back. And if you look at any game, if basketball, football, you look at any game, and you look at the guys that win championships, they just they have that. They have that X factor. That and it's it's a confidence. It's a it's just a killer instinct, and it takes whatever talent they have to the next level.
0: All right, I want you to listen to a uh, a bite here. We had Skip Holtz on. He's the head coach at Louisiana Tech. And we talked about his team, and he talked about his defense and the challenges they face. I want you to listen to this, and I want to throw something at you and see what you think.
6: We knew coming into it that was one of the biggest concerns we had. You have four starters in your back end, back there in your two safeties and your two corners, and we graduated seven players in the back end. And so we knew it was going to be some growing pains going for us early.
0: I hear that, and I think BYU is going to score fifty points.
6: Yeah,
3: I, if, 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 if uh, yeah, that my my ear is perked up, and um, if I'm a quarterback, I'm looking at my chops. I'm I i can not if I'm a quarterback or a receiver, I can't sleep at night. Um, yeah, if, if if that's the situation, I'm just I'm just going to attack that all every all day, um, and, and just take advantage.
0: I can't guarantee that they're going to throw for 400 yards, although I suspect they might, but I can't guarantee that. The reason I think, I think Louisiana Tech's going to be able to move the ball and score some points, I think they're going to be far and away the best offense the BYU's faced yet. And even getting like 20 points, OK's... Kalani to keep going for 40 and 50. You know, if the other team's stuck on yeah. three, then you're piling it on, so you got to pull it back. But even if you get to 21 or 24 or whatever, then the offense can turn it loose. Now, I don't know if they're going to put an extra guy in the box to stop the run, so I don't know how much is going to run or throw based on what the defense is showing them. So I don't want to guarantee any yardage, but it wouldn't shock me if they ran for 200. It wouldn't shock me if they threw for 400. I'll kind of have to know how Louisiana Tech plays it, because you know the whole take what you're giving thing. And uh, but I just think BYU is going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns.
3: Yeah, and you just—I was just going to say what you just said. You you take what you're given. I was going to say that any good offensive coordinator—I think we have a good offense. I think we have a couple good offensive coordinators on staff. Um, They—they—they—they're good at analyzing the opponent and exploiting their weaknesses. And, you know, if, 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 if you got a bunch of inexperience in the back end, uh, I'm going to come baptize you. And, and, you know, we'll find out. You know, you're going to learn real quick. And, and, um, and, and, and if it's working, I'm just going to keep coming at it and keep coming at it. That, that's my mindset. That's what I would do. That would be my game plan. I would absolutely attack that and then adjust. If, they, if, they, if, they, if they're able to stop it, then adjust. But if they're not, man, I'm just going to keep coming at it. Until they do, I'm going to keep coming at it until
0: they figure it out. He's Brian Keel. He's a former BYU linebacker. He joins us every week. Brian, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. You have a good one. There's a former BYU linebacker, Brian Keel. When we come back, Skip Holtz. He's a football coach at Louisiana Tech. PK and I had a chance to talk to him earlier this week, get his thoughts on the game. One thing you'll notice right away, like his dad, he's a talker. He can talk. He can also coach. This is a team that's had a pretty good run here of uh, bowl games and nine win seasons. You know, they're, they're a pretty good team in Conference USA. 2-0 this year, but they've given up a lot of points. 34 points a game, 397 yards a game. There's some issues defensively. We'll talk with him about that. They can also score it, though. They're, their offense is pretty good. Uh, but like I said, they've been a pretty good team for a while now under Skip Holtz. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The coach of Louisiana Tech, Skip Holtz, coming up next. facing Louisiana Tech, and the head coach of the Bulldogs, Skip Holtz, joins us right now. Coach, thanks for joining
6: us. I appreciate y'all having me today.
0: I am curious here, you've gotten off to a 2-0 start, how difficult has that been with everything that's been happening with COVID, or has it not been that tough because even though you're dealing with it, the opponents are dealing with it too?
6: Yeah, I, I think everybody's got their own crosses to bear when you start talking about COVID and how it affects each program individually. We we were going along great. We had, a, we had a really good camp going. We went about three weeks. We had one positive test. The players were in the building from you know, 7.30 in the morning to 8.30 at night. Um, meetings, walkthroughs, practice, and everything was going really well. And then we unfortunately had a hurricane come through. Louisiana, hit the southern part of the state really hard. And here in the northern part of the state, as it came through here as a Category 1, we just we lost a lot of power. And so as a city, we were without power for about five days, and players were displaced and trying to find air conditioning to sleep at night, and we are trying to find a way to feed them. And in the next nine days, we had 36 positives and it just it shut us down. At that point, we were just trying to survive. We canceled practice, and everybody started coming back the week of the Southern Miss game. So when we when we went into that Southern Miss game and we couldn't even practice Tuesday, and we ended up having to cancel the Baylor game uh, because of it, and then got everybody out on the field for Southern Miss. And as I said, we learned a lot about our team. We've got a lot of new faces, a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, and as everybody with no... No spring practice and very little summer um, it, it made it it made it definitely there was a lot of unknowns I would say going into the season uh, came back had some sort of a normal week going into our second week with Houston Baptist and found a way to win so I think we're all just like I'm sure BYU has their story and what they have gone through with it with their spike and how they had to cancel a game and we're all just trying to find what the new norm is and kind of what the rules are and how we how we have to operate inside those guidelines and make this work so we're all we're all trying to do what we can to make it work but right now we want to keep everybody safe and see how we can pull this off and play college football
5: so normally, Coach, when you have a game like the one that you have this week against BYU, it's be something that you would have known about for a good long while, maybe even possibly years. And I don't know over the summer if you would have had an opportunity to at least take a peak at BYU it would have been down the line a little bit so I don't know how much time you would have spent on it but this is something that came about so relatively quickly it's almost unheard of basically to be scheduling a game during the season but nevertheless that's what you had what type of challenges does that uh, present yeah quite a few um,
6: normally during the course of the summer what you do is you try and you summer scouting report your first four opponents you get their personnel who's coming back their staff new changes put together a preliminary game plan you know as you get into game three and four you're gonna have a couple of games to go by to see how much they've changed but uh, it creates quite a workload for both parties both for BYU and for us as this game got added late you're already into your season um, BYU had some games canceled we had a game canceled with Baylor, um, therefore everybody's like hey we 're open this date, so are you hey let 's match up and go this <laughs> let 's match up and go this week Well unfortunately, as soon as that game is scheduled uh, you 've got staffs on both sides that are scurrying to to get filmed to get evaluations to get breakdowns. what are we going to see trying to put game plans together and uh, it becomes difficult especially with it being a shortened week um, and both of us just coming off of the game on Saturday and then trying to put this together for a game Friday makes it difficult because normally when you come into the office on Sunday after a game, you grade the film from the previous game, and then you pull out your summer scouting report, and you got a pretty good idea of your opponent. Uh, we're just learning as we go. I mean, we're, we're learning a little bit more about BYU each and every week, and um, I mean, each and every day as we get through this week and just trying to put the best game plan we can together to come up there and be competitive.
5: So
0: the the thing that jumps out at us watching these first two games is that BYU's offensive line looks awfully good. The rushing numbers were massive at Navy, and then the passing numbers were off the charts uh, in the second game against Troy. How does your D-line or your front seven, however you want to look at it, match up against BYU's offensive line?
6: It's certainly not going to be easy, and it's not, it's not just, I mean, obviously, BYU's always been big, but they have, statistically, when you look at them right now, this has got to be one of the better teams that they've had. Right now, it's one of the better teams in the country, statistically. They're, they're ranked in about, I think it's like seven categories in the top ten offensively, and I think they're ranked in eight or nine categories in the top ten defensively. Um, they have had two of the strongest showings so far this year in what they've done, and one of the reasons that they're ranked right now as we continue to get into this and learn more and more about each football team uh, as we get into this season. But what makes BYU so difficult is they have balance. I mean, as you said, they, they go into their opening game and the, the offensive line controls the game. Their their running backs run hard. They're physical. They've got a, a little bit of a committee going back there and that they can play a couple backs. And they're, they're getting those big offensive linemen who have a great, often, uh, great understanding of their offense. And then you come back the next week and you watch the arm strength of the quarterback and the way that he can throw the ball and his accuracy and uh, the time that he has back there. It makes it very, makes it very difficult to prepare.
5: We see uh, statistically, anyway, that Houston Baptist put up a lot of yards passing, but you won comfortably. I'm wondering, how true was that and how concerned are you about your past defense? Well, we knew coming into it that was one of the
6: biggest concerns we had out of you have four starters in your back end back there in your two safeties and your two corners and we graduated uh, seven players in the back end and so we knew it was going to be Somewhat of a growing, a growing some growing pains going for us early. Uh, same thing. You had the opportunity to face uh, Jack Abraham, a quarterback at Southern Miss, who statistically again is uh, a really strong passer. You go play Houston Baptist, and he had thrown for 500 yards against North Texas and 600 yards against Texas Tech in a game that they lost 35 to 33. So uh, you know when you when you held somebody to 400 yards, you walk out and you're a little bit disappointed because you didn't play better on the back end, but we held him 150 yards below his average. So we thought, I mean, it's one of those things you look at it, you feel pretty good about it. Um, but we're we're still learning a lot of who we are back there. And you know, when, when you've got some new faces, we're playing a, a true freshman. We've had a transfer from Penn State who is just now getting to the point where he is becoming uh, healthy and probably more ready to play and we've got some freshmen or some underclassmen that are starting to get a little bit more comfortable in it. We have a, a transfer from Virginia Tech where we tried to bring a couple upperclassmen in uh, to help a position that you didn't want to r- rely on all your freshmen so hopefully if we can get a full slate as you never know what's going to happen as we're still you're, you're still constantly testing through the week and it seems like every test it's like okay well we have this one so that takes out three with contact tracing and you just hold your breath that they're the right ones Um, but right now we're still learning I think it's probably going to be to the middle of the season until we really figure out uh, just how good we can be and as we have the opportunity to come together and and start to play quality football as a defensive unit. Skip
0: Holtz joining us he's the football coach at Louisiana Tech that's the next game for the Cougars and You've got a couple quarterbacks you played here. Aaron Allen, a sophomore, um, led you to a touchdown early in the opener and all that. You went to Luke Anthony. He's piled up some big stats. It seems to be his job. He's a grad transfer. What did you see in him? What took him a while to win the job? Why is he the guy now?
6: Well, just... Same thing. We graduated a three-year starter at quarterback, and when you look at the transfer market today, uh, with everybody getting into the transfer portal, we wanted. We feel like we have a very talented sophomore quarterback, and Aaron Allen, who got a chance to play a little bit last year um, when the starter missed a couple games. But we brought Luke Anthony in to try and come in and compete as an upperclassman. And uh, what makes it hard was he's been in the offense five weeks. Uh, he came in here early to go to spring practice, and unfortunately. Uh, Covid hit before we were able to get any spring practices in, so he got no spring practice. We had very little summer with everybody being off, and then he's had he's had camp, which has been very discombobulated, or just with the with the hurricane and the the lack of practice, and then shutting everything down for about ten days, and then getting started back up again. So uh, it's been he really hasn't had a lot of time to get comfortable in it. So we came into The first game, we've had very little scrimmages during fall camp, and so we wanted to play them both going into it. We started with Aaron Allen, who's been in the offense now going into his third year and has a really good grasp on it. He's just young, uh, who I thought did a really nice job. He went, I think he was like 11 of 14, I think, in the opening game. Uh, Did a nice job, but he threw an interception. And so coming into the second game, we started with Luke Anthony, and I thought he had a really strong performance. He threw the ball very well. Um, and he did a nice job of operating the offense and that's why at this point we'll still play both quarterbacks. I think during this pandemic that we're in right now and knowing that at any uh, after any COVID test, they can come in and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you're starting quarterbacks out or you're starting guards out or you're starting defense alignment or safeties out. So you have to uh, you have to create depth on your football team. And so we're just trying to gain some experience for some young guys across the board before we get into our conference race. So they will both definitely play, but Luke Anthony will be the one that will start. But I think one of the reasons that it's just taken us so long is how few scrimmage reps he's had from under the center uh, where we're playing 11 11- eleven football.
5: And that's where I think that it's played to BYU strength, all this craziness with the lack of practicing that's been going on the last several months is BYU returns a very much a veteran team, particularly on defense. You know, they've got experience at all three levels. From your perspective offensively, what is something that you need to have success at in order to be able to try to win this ball game?
6: Well, again, you go back and look at it statistically, and, and it's video game type numbers, I think they're giving up 16% on third down. They're giving up. I think they've given up 15 first downs in two games. Um, put it in perspective, I think we had 32 last week. Um, so when you look at what you're going against, I mean, again, they're, they're big. It starts with their nose guard in the middle. He's a force. Um, you got to make sure that you can block him both in the run and the pass game. They have a, uh, a very structured defense in what they do. They know what they want to do and they're very they're very good at it. Um, I made the comment uh, and you just hit on it a year ago when we had a two-year returning starter and we had about 18 returning starters a year ago when we won 10 games. We were probably built more prepared to handle um, the COVID pandemic a year ago than we are this year when you have so many new faces and two new coordinators and your players are trying to learn a new scheme, new system, new coaches. You're trying to break a lot of players in. You're trying to compete for positions. You really don't know what you have until you have the opportunity to get out on the field and play games. And so when I look at BYU's defense, uh, just like with their offense, they they have balance. I think, you know, you you watch them go against a rushing team in in Navy in the opening of the season, and they uh, just absolutely dominated and shut it down win that game uh, 55-3, and then come back and play Troy, who is more of a passing team, uh and they shut them down and when that went 45 to 7 and so I think they've got balance on defense they've played a passing team and shut it down they've played a running team and shut it down and like I said what they do structurally is really sound it's really they play disciplined sound fundamental uh, football and they do a really they do a really good job with it and then you put very talented players in those positions and it makes it it makes it hard with something we, we can't turn the ball over uh, obviously and we're going to have to find a way to make some first downs and I don't think you can just go into it and, and say we're gonna- to run the ball and you can't just go into it and say we're going to throw it because I think if you become one-dimensional against a defense as good as BYU it makes it very difficult to move the ball.
0: You've got a couple running backs you mentioned BYU by committee it looks like you're kind of doing the same thing Justin Henderson with 29 carries Israel Tucker with 20 is there, are they kind of interchangeable is one guy more a power guy and the other guy a speed guy how does that
6: work? Well the two two seniors that have both played a lot of football as you talked about the advantage BY has with so much experience returning. It's kind of what we have at the running back position. We have both Justin Henderson who's a thousand yard rusher for us a year ago, and Israel Tucker, who is a who is a senior, along with Greg Garner, who's had some quality carries for us here in the first in the first two games. Um, I don't think either player, I don't think any player in the country uh, has had the type of training that we've had in the past when when we told everybody to go home in March and you don't see them in March, April, May, June, July, and all of a sudden they report in August for camp. Uh, I don't know that anybody's in the football shape we'd like for them to be in to go play uh, and carry the ball thirty sometimes a game. And so we have tried to keep a fresh back. We've tried to keep a rotation going where uh, where all three of those young men will play. And I think right now, just early, um, it's just very it's very difficult with the lack of training they had in the offseason to to ride one player. So we're fortunate there at the running back position because we have a couple players with with some experience.
0: Well, Coach, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and we're looking forward to the game.
6: No, I am too. Really excited about having the opportunity to come out there, and I understand this is the first time that uh, BYU and Louisiana Tech have played, and so we're certainly excited to have the opportunity to come out there.
0: Skip Holtz, head coach, Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs and the Cougars coming up. And uh, BYU, big favorites in that game. Uh, you know, he talks about balance on offense, PK. But just looking at stats to the first two games, and I know they can be a little skewed because the Houston Baptist game got out of hand. But 10 touchdowns passing, 3 touchdowns rushing. Um, and Henderson and Tucker, you know, are averaging 60, 70 yards a game apiece. But it seems like the run game is there to give the receivers a breather.
5: I would probably agree with that. Yeah, it's looking like that that's where they want to go. And Anthony Sr., I mean, I, I realize he was an Abilene Christian in his prior time, and mm-hmm. so maybe it took him a little bit. But I would think that they would be able to have some success through the air, but, you know, the BYU defense has been so stout. I, as I look at this game, one thing that I'm, you never have, you know, 100%, but one thing that appears to just jump off the page is that uh, Zach Wilson should have a field day yep. as far as throwing. I mean, do you realize Louisiana Tech, and they won 10 ball games last year, so that's a pretty good team, and they beat Miami, shut them out in the Independence Bowl, I think it was. I think it was like 14 uh, nothing. They had two guys drafted in the fourth round a safety and a cornerback. Uh, Sneed and Robertson. I think they went back to back, like one thirty eight, right like one thirty nine overall in the middle of the fourth round uh, to uh, Kansas City and the Raiders. So you get in a program that's losing uh, its entire defensive backfield, and two of those guys go to the NFL. Well, you can see, well, well that's why they won ten ball games. But you know, at a program like Louisiana Louisiana Tech, can you reload the utes? You, you know, they're going through that, and we'll see what they come up with. But Louisiana Tech would stand a reason. I don't follow the program, obviously, close, but you would think that they would need to rebuild a little bit rather than just plug in two more guys that are going to be drafted. So you can see where they've been weak defensively. So the yeah. one thing that seems to really jump out at me as we prepare for this game is that the Cougars should be able to move the ball through the air.
0: The test will be stopping Louisiana Tech from throwing it. They uh, maybe like the BYU teams, Lavelle Edwards, Norm Chow, Eric Cougars, where you know they had a great passing game, but they had a, a just a bunch of receivers and basically you know kind of pick your poison. And the quarterback the quarterback drove it, but there were a bunch of receivers who could make plays. The ten touchdown passes have gone to seven different receivers. <laughs> and that's and and they're not throwing touchdown passes to running backs they're rotating receivers through they're running sprints they are gassing you they're sending another group of guys and everyone can make a play if you make a mistake any one of them can hurt you uh, lots of guys with 20 30 and 40 yard uh you know big plays and maybe yeah, that's yeah. skewed a little bit by Houston Baptist, but I right. do think that's something for uh for BYU. you know, to watch out for because sometimes build a passing attack around one or two dominant receivers. That doesn't look like what Louisiana Tech has here. You know, they got a guy with seven catches, a guy with nine, a guy with 10. They're spreading the ball around.
5: Well, this much I can say for certainty they're Bulldogs.
0: Okay. <laughs> feeling very punny this week. <laughs>
5: Very so it, punny. It is the LaTex Bulldogs. Yeah, I got PK. it. I got it. I got it. I, yeah, I didn't know if everybody got it, though. They're Bulldogs, man. They're going to come up. There you go. They're going to fight you. All
0: right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, what is trending? Everything that happened in sports. We got another boatload of baseball playoff games. We had a Thursday night football classic, the 0-3 Broncos and the 0-3 Jets. Everything happened in the world of sports. We'll get to it next. Stay with us.